This podcast is brought to you by GA Sports. GA Sports is home of the O'Connor Slitter, Ireland's number one hurling ball used by 311 clubs nationwide. Hello and welcome to the Backdoor Hurling Show. Delighted to be joined by Leash and Downey Earl uh, hurler Mark Kavanagh. Um, Mark, what's the year been like for you dealing with COVID injuries? It's 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 a bit tough. Yeah, it has been. It's been, I suppose, it's been a strange year for everyone. Like you know, we're living in unprecedented times at the moment. Like so, it's been a strange year for everyone. But yeah, it is. I've had a good few downs. Alright, I've been picking up, picked up a couple of injuries throughout the year. Like I missed, missed the league obviously with twenty or with knee surgery and. By twenty twenty hasn't really kicked off yet. So uh but look at least at least the championship now we've something to look forward to and it is something for everyone to look forward to now. But uh definitely it's been a very strange twenty twenty. I think don't think anyone has really no has, like no one has the answer how to deal with what we're living through at the moment. So it is uh it's strange, but at least championship now there's something to look forward to and it's a bit of positivity coming towards us eventually. And the injuries like have they been tough mentally to deal with? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, like I would have picked up back-to-back uh, ACL injuries in 2016 and 2017. So from that point of view, like before, like, you know, it is, from that point of view, it's, it's very difficult. Like, you know, they, they do take their toll. Um, I suppose no one, like no one wants to be injured, and especially when you have big, big games that you're missing out and just sitting in looking at them. You know, it's not the same. It doesn't create the same buzz and from that point of view, it's very difficult to deal with, but I think I'm very fortunate that I come from a very strong GA family, like, and, um, like, you know, all my friends, I would have been, I would have been kept involved in all the teams, would have had really good coaches and managers along the way to, to help me, and especially physios too, who would have never given up on me, and definitely, but to answer your question, I suppose, yeah, they have been difficult, I suppose, yeah. You'd be doubting yourself a lot when you are picking up that that many injuries, and that are you going to come back at the same level you were before you got injured? And I suppose you just have to you just have to try focus, knuckle down, and do all the work that I suppose the professionals are giving you. And thankfully, I've been able to get through them through the help of a lot of people, and uh, very grateful for that too. But uh, yeah, they, they they do take their toll, and um, you know you wouldn't wish it on anyone. And the ACL injuries it just must be a total nightmare you think you're close and then you're miles away like you just yeah, see, like you never know how long you're going to be out for like that's the thing it's 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 such a dreaded word and i suppose uh like we know all about it here in the cabinet household too my brother would have tore it three times when he was playing too and i have two injuries so there's definitely a, a gene there somewhere that's causing it but uh yeah like it's it's um you know, you just have to take it in baby steps. Um, you really do. You know, you can't, you can't rush it because it's just it's such a fickle injury, and you know, you think you're getting somewhere with it. The next thing, just a setback, and uh, you know, you just have to do what, as I said earlier, what the professionals are telling you, like what physios, what surgeons are telling you. And um, thankfully, look at touch wood, I've 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 got back to to a certain level. Um, it does take mine, and it takes constant work, but. Uh, to keep the leg strong but um yeah it's a very difficult injury to deal with it's like as i said a couple of moments ago there it's you just won't wish it on your worst enemy because um the, men- the whole mental battle nearly is worse than the physical battle because you're out for so long your confidence really is shaking but uh 
like there is light at the end of the tunnel too and you'll, you'll get back eventually but you just have to you have to take the baby steps and and really stick to the program do everything by the book and is the toughest thing with them like when you're injured and you're away from the squad is it just like not feeling valued as part of the squad just kind of being away i know he still can be part but it's still tough like yeah like i, I suppose there's the whole competitive nature in you that just wants to be out on the field and like you know when when you're missing out and watching games there's there's definitely a jealousy there because like like anyone who who has finished up hurling or anything like that like you can be as part of a group as 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 much as you want but if you're not playing you don't feel the same I suppose value as you said and uh definitely that aspect is tough and preparing for to go to matches that you know you can't really influence is very difficult too and uh but I suppose, look, you just—that's just the nature of that's just the nature of sport in general. You know, you're always going to pick up pick up injuries somewhere along the line, and I suppose with the ACL, you're you're out for that long that you miss out on so many big games. Like I was, I unfortunately missed out on a county final in 2016. I missed out on another 21 county final in 2017, and I would have found them before them games in particular very tough because they're the games you want to be part of. You know, there's a buzz around the parish and. Like you know, when you're going to inter-county games, and, and you know you're not playing, it, yeah, it's it's very difficult because there is such a buzz, and and playing is what you want to do. It's the nature in in everyone. So like from that aspect, it's probably very difficult, all right. Just knowing that you you can't really have an influence on a game that you'd you'd love to be a part of. Exactly, and like back now inter-county training, like does it start pre-season straight again now being back, like? Do you still have to do the dog work you be doing before the league now, or how are you approaching it? Uh, no, no, I think you know, like we're we're all fresh over club championship, which I think everyone prepared really well for. Um, you know, we kept in contact during the lockdown as well, done a couple of Zoom classes, guys. Like we were given our programs to continue running and and keep up a certain level of cardio fitness. And no, I think I, th- I think there's no pre-season to it as such. Um, bar the weather, of course, you know it feels like you're back in preseason with that. All right, you see a wet night tonight, but uh, no, definitely, I think it's it's just about getting that sharpness. That I think everyone is up to championship pace, and it's just about getting the eye and the touch in and keeping sharp. And um, no, I don't think there's too much of a preseason factor to it. I think everyone's just buzzing now to be to be back for championship hurling. Yeah, and like. Will there be many new lads brought in? Because like, if you're looking at the league championship, it was a great championship, really. I know you'd probably feel hard done by this right down here and there, but a big shock you being beaten and then Rose and Alice coming out of nowhere and getting to the semi-final as well. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were definitely a, a breath of fresh air. Thankfully, we didn't have to, to run into them. But, you know, they, t- they took two big, two big scallops that probably weren't going to be predicted before the championship. And I think... Um, you know what they've done. You have, it has to be admired. They're almost like a version of Lockmore here. They've they won intermediate football and and hurling last year. So um, and they've definitely they've made a huge impact on the senior championship. So look, I, I don't know what way the lads are going to do it in terms of bringing in new guys. Um, there's been a couple of new faces, but I think that's just because guys have performed well in in championship in the club and. Um, you know, I, I, to be honest, I, I'm probably not in a position to answer that in that question yet. But um, see what the next couple of weeks brings, and you know, you never know with new faces and maybe injuries might have a factor in new faces coming in. But definitely, um, you know, the Leash Club Championship this year was uh, was exciting. Um, 
think Rose and Alice would have had a, a major impact on that. But it was also exciting from the point of view that, you know, nobody knew it was going to go ahead. So um, I think everyone was just grateful that, you know, they got to go out and represent their clubs and to do what they love. And I think it was also great for, for supporters, although they weren't at the games. I think it just gave everyone something to talk about again. And, you know, it was it was just from that point of view, it was very exciting to be back as well. Was it tough thinking you were going to be back and then lockdown comes again in Leash and you're getting ready to play championship, but then you haven't locked down for two weeks? Yeah, well, uh, I was probably I was probably one of the only few who benefited from the lockdown from the from the lockdown. I had a bro- broken hand for the first championship game, and uh, it just gave me an extra couple of weeks to try to get back to full fitness for the second game. And um, but yeah, no, it, it was definitely strange. Um, you know, we were kind of left in limbo. We didn't know where we stood in terms of the championship being played, and uh, like um, I suppose it wasn't as bad as first feared, and it was only a two week kind of a break. So. Uh, I was I was probably happy to see it all right, but uh, I don't know how everyone else felt about it really. Yeah, and like how how do you feel Leash can build on this year? Obviously, going in to such a tough Leinster campaign with four top class teams. Um, I suppose just as I said there, like you know, it's it's just baby steps, and we just have to take it one game at a time. And like we have Dublin in the first round, and I think that's really exciting. You know, like no matter who was who was coming out of the hat. It was going to be as difficult as you said. It's it's top. It, they're real top class teams, and I think all teams will have all Ireland ambitions. Never mind Leinster ambitions. And um, so look, we're just we're really excited. Obviously, we didn't get to build on 2019 the way we would have, but now and and we didn't know if we were going to have a chance. But we were really looking forward to to the round robin campaign. It hasn't panned out obviously for an obvious reasons, but we're just we're we're delighted now that we get to to crack into a Leinster championship in three weeks. And I think. Uh, we're just going to really embrace it and just all we can do is put our best foot forward and please God, we'll come out with a victory. But um, definitely it's it's just so exciting to be back and to be to be looking forward to a Leinster Championship, definitely. It's where we want to be and um, hopefully now we can we can build on last year's, I suppose, run that we had. Yeah, and the Dublin game, like it makes it such a feisty encounter because you bet them out of nowhere last year. They came down to Port Leach expecting to get the job done. They didn't. You overturned them. Like... I suppose that's probably why you're relishing it so much after beating them last year and now you have to do it again and you'll be expected to beat them again but they'll want to come down and get revenge on you. Yeah, of course, that's that's human nature, you know, that's the nature of sport and um, look, they'll have they'll have no mo- lack of motivation but neither will we, you know, we we had a brilliant 2020 and uh, or 2019, big pardon, and we just want to build on that. Um, you know, we want to prove that, I suppose, we weren't just a flash in the pan and um, look, yeah, but as you said, it's going to be a feisty encounter. I think all championship matches are anyway. And um, we're just we're just really excited to to get out again. And uh, look, we'll be looking. We've no like we're under no illusions. We know like it's a it's a difficult task, and uh, but it's one we're definitely not going to be afraid of. And uh, we're just really excited to be to be looking forward to a Leinster championship. And Eddie Brennan's came in um, with Niall Corcoran as well. Um, have they just totally really? Change the culture of Leash Um Yeah, like it's, I don't think it's a it's a major change either, but just small things. And look, they've just the one thing I'd always say is they they just set the standard, and you just can't like you're not allowed to drop below that. And um, I think maybe that's what we needed. We needed a culture where we were we were probably held accountable. And uh, definitely, I think that from that point of view, there's there's been a big change and the standards that we have set for ourselves. I think we've really embraced the two as a group. Um, you know, we expect 
we expect everyone to live to them standards and players are starting to hold each other accountable now and um it's definitely uh it's definitely a really good place to be and it's a very enjoyable enjoyable um culture to be involved in and uh we just want to continue make it continue grow and um we're just we're looking forward to getting that opportunity and obviously eddie brennan has mentioned a few times in the media about players not committing to the leash um, panel that he's been disappointed with especially from the success with last year will there be any signs of them players rejoining um a panel with the shorter season now or um, to be honest, again, I'm probably not in a position to answer that one, unfortunately. Um, I don't know. Um, look, I think, you know, we're we're probably, we've had a couple who have stepped away all right, but I think it's it's um, it's a difficult environment to be in too, uh, GA, it's our inter-county because it's, like, it's a huge commitment and I think, um, I think that has to be uh, took into consideration how much of a commitment it is, but uh, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who's coming back in or out. Um, we're only kind of getting back on as a full group in the past couple of weeks so uh, they've been looking at club championship whether guys are going to be asked back in or not now in the, in the coming weeks with club championship finishing up um, maybe I might be able to answer in a couple of weeks but as of yet I haven't seen any much change really in, in terms of that and like obviously it's to push on Leash Hurling now and is does that really need to start at youth level it's great going well at senior, but does it really need to start where minors and under twenties can really start competing for Leinster championships? Yeah, well, I think um, I think it has already started, and I think uh, I think you know, like we would have played in a Leinster champ in a Leinster final seven years ago. I think uh, there's Satanta programs put in place at underage, and um, I think you know, I think we're really starting to see a big benefit in it. Um, like I know there's a there's a lot of there are a lot of good minors and under twenties coming through as well. So uh, I think I think look, it's obviously we have to set the standards of seniors and um, expect young guys to come in and live up to the culture that we can hopefully create. And um, I think last year, obviously, we would have seen a big boost in hurling and leash, and uh, it was important to strike when the iron was hot. And um, you know, we got around to as many schools and to see as many kids. And you know, there was a there was a big buzz around the county last year, as you'd expect. And hopefully, that just Hopefully we can continue to to keep that buzz alive. Um, you know, I know there's a really good minor team there this year, and hope and under twenties and really good guys involved with them. So hopefully, you know, there's going to be many. Like hopefully, underage teams will become successful, and they can help carry a winning culture into the senior dressing room. And hopefully, we can can create one ourselves as well. And how positive was it? Do you think to get Derek McGrath involved with the minors this year? Yeah, huge. Any like I think anyone. Anyone who's who's really willing to to come in and, and make a difference in leash is is going to be welcomed with open arms and obviously he's a high profile name and uh, I've heard nothing but good reports from what he's doing with the minors so far. Um, you know, it's he seems to be a huge success. I've been talking to a couple of the guys from the club who are involved in the minors and you know they really really like him and um, he's just he's down really putting his uh, heart and soul into leash hurling at the moment into the leash minor hurling team at the moment and. Um, Look, I think anyone who's willing to come down and, and to to make an effort to improve Leash Hurling will always be open will will be always be welcome with open arms and um, definitely a huge boost creates a, a brilliant buzz and I'm sure them guys who are working with him are, are only delighted to be working with him too. And is there less of pressure this year with the smaller crowds? Like, do you feel as a player that players can go and express themselves that bit more? Um, no, well, I probably I won't be really want to take a crowd into into consideration. I don't think 
I don't think no. I don't think it really makes a difference. I think when you're involved in in them big games, them championship games, I think you're just so focused on on your job at hand. And uh, look, definitely the only factor is like I suppose the the atmosphere obviously is different, and uh, you know you get a different adrenaline rush off off no crowds. But I think everyone is kind of used to it now, and uh, it's not going to change either. So I think definitely need need to get used to it anyway. Exactly, and like. Going in this year now with the four teams, is there, I suppose, it's, do you feel a bit more appreciated, like Carlo going down last year, they weren't happy, to the yo-yo team, do you feel there's a bit of, I suppose, a bit of a fairness that you can progress one year in Leinster and build on it the following year, rather than if you were to go straight back down? Yeah, well, well we'd be hoping to, to not go straight back down anyway, even if, if even if that was the case. But um, look, look, I think definitely for for um, teams who are looking for development and looking to develop into a really top class team I think um, it's you're only going to benefit from being um, from being involved in these games and uh, hope look hope like they did, the rule is changing to six teams next year in Leinster and uh, like that's obviously I think that's a good thing for ourselves and Carlo to be exposed to, exposed to that environment of the really the really top class teams who are doing it year in year out and, and we just hope to be joining them uh, hopefully joining that elite in the in the coming years. And what do you feel you need to do to reach that level of the elite? Um, like I think we're, like we probably made a a step in 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 the right direction last year, and I, and I think it's just I think it's just uh, creating a culture where standards are set, and you you just can't. It's unacceptable to drop below them, and uh, you know you just I suppose you need to become probably obsessed with the thing too in terms of. How much work you're putting into it outside of training hours because you know they're like guys are like the management are only seeing us for a couple of hours in the week so i think what you do outside of the dressing room and outside of the team um is, is vital in terms of that and you know just trying to get yourself into the best shape uh possible um in terms of hurling and physicality and uh you know you just you need to you need to take accountability for it and become obsessed with it and is the aim this year really to try and back up the Dublin performance to show to the general hurling public that that wasn't a flick? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, our aim is to just win every game as we go out and see it. And uh, like that would have been our aim for the league. We we came close a couple of times, but I think uh, you know, definitely we don't want just sporadic victories. We want to become a really consistent top team who are who are vying for for championships and stuff like that and silverware and. Uh, I think just once we can set our standard and create a culture where we expect that of ourselves, I think definitely we we um we can go we can take this thing far enough and uh you never know what'll happen then, you know. But it's just about getting yourself in the best shape possible for uh to compete at that high level. And do you feel pressure when you're taking the freeze on big occasions? Uh no, not really. I'm uh, I'm fairly uh fairly headstrong, so I wouldn't really let it get to me. Um I just you know, I think it's something worth embracing and I just know that's my role going out on big days and I think you kind of have to enjoy that too. That you know, there is that little bit of pressure on, but uh, no, definitely not. I'm, I'm I'm so used to it now. I've took freeze all the way up along minor and, and stuff like that. So I think it's just something you kind of become accustomed to and, uh, you know, it's it's uh, just your job and you have to do it. Guys are working hard enough to win it, so you need to, you need to be, um, need to just be confident going out doing it as well. I think it's just that, uh, it's not even a side distraction, you know, it's just, it's something you become used to and uh, just embrace and, and 
get get your rhythm going and uh it's enjoyable too then and would you picturize things with the freeze you're going to have in certain situations the week before a game around um yeah i, I practice kind of before and after training and I, to be honest i just have my own routine of of taking the free i pick a ta- pick a target behind the goal and um i stick to that target and i aim for that target i don't really aim for the goal as such and uh I think as there's a saying, aim small, miss small. So just pick a small target behind the goal and um, just try to hit it as sweet as, as you possibly can. If you hit the ball well, nine times out of ten, I think it'll go where you want. And uh, definitely, um, you know, I, I wouldn't really be big into the visualisation, no. Just kind of stick to my routine of, of hitting that target behind the goal and that's it. And, uh, just getting a couple of practice ones during the week and uh, on you go. And the way Hurdle has progressed like in the last few years, the games we've probably seen in the last decade, like to be involved in them games, but like even you're looking back the last few years, yourselves beating Leash, Cork and Limerick, like it it's just phenomenal really how Hurdle has progressed. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I think we're we're definitely living in the golden age of Hurling and but you know, I don't think there's going to be any stop to it either. I think I think guys are just getting so good and like lads are living like professionals without pay almost. And um, I think I think Harlan is just going from strength to strength and I can see it progressing in that in in the same direction, you know. Uh, like when you watch all Ireland finals from 10, 11 years ago, they were phenomenal games at the time, but you know, they just seem to have stepped up another gear in, in the recent years, like, you know, and uh, hopefully it stays going that way because it's it's just such a special spectacle for everyone and uh it's really, as you said, it's really enjoyable to be part of some of them too. Yeah, exactly. And like, just looking back like at some of the games being involved in the Dublin last year, like, what was it like to be involved in that game? Yeah, like it was, uh, it was definitely very, obviously special when you look back now. But at the time, you know, you're just so engrossed in the battle and, uh, you know, like we were so, we were so focused on our jobs. And I think... That's why we won the game and the wind-up was because of, of how disciplined we were in terms of not letting emotion get the better of us. Because, um, you know, when you watch back the match, it's only when I watch back now that I realise how how loud and how 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 loud it was around the place. And uh, the crowd are really getting involved. And um, But it's just in them moments, I suppose, you're trying to keep emotion intact and just stay focused. You know, Dublin were getting their purple patch and I think we came back really strong and... But looking back, as you said, when you see the whole um, the whole scenes after the game, it's it was obviously a very special thing to be involved in. But as I mentioned earlier, we don't want it to be a sporadic thing. We want we want consistency in these games or in these wins. And um, definitely, look, you just want to be part of more th- more days like that in, in a blue and white jersey. And would you feel like from playing in the Joe McDonough to playing? in the league this year going in out of the Lima County Cup do you feel there's a massive gap? Um, I, no definitely like I think no I don't think it's it's a massive gap obviously look when you're when you're exposed to the top level of hurling you realise that you just have to do things that bit snappier but no I think like Carlo like Carlo a proof of the pudding too like they were last year you know they were very close to Galway you know another county were making great strides in development and you know we I suppose the John McDonough final you know, we probably pulled away in the last couple of minutes, but that game in the first half, the intensity was really up there with the top level teams like Westmead were were really tuned in, you know, awfully awfully too. I know they probably took a step back last year, but like we had a real titanic battle with them in in O'Connor Park to the first round of the championship. And uh no, I think I think the the gap is definitely closing and I think that's why 
you know, counties will benefit from six teams being in Leinster because, you know, it'll give them that exposure to, to the really top class teams. And I think, um, I think everyone will only benefit from that. But uh, the gap is definitely closing. And, you know, Joe McDonough games last year were really, really intense. And now to put you on the spot, who would you say is the best hurler in the country? Ooh. <laughs> Not putting me on the spot. Uh... <laughs> you know, uh, um, Patrick Horgan, I think, maybe. You know, I think uh, if, if there was a transfer system, I think uh, I, I wouldn't mind taking Patrick Horgan. He can take over the freeze and everything like that, too. Uh, he's just... <laughs> He's just a phenomenal talent, and you know when you see some of the things he can do, it's he's just doing it at his leisure. Like it's just it's so it seems so easy to him, and um, I think that's a real sign of an unbelievable hurler. And <clears throat> you know he's into his thirties now, and there's no sign of him slowing down. And you know I think <clears throat> definitely living in an unbelievable age of hurlers, like when you see the likes of Noel McGrath, Seamus Cannon, and T.J. Reid, Patch Corrigan, Joe Canning, who's you know probably in the goat discussion. You know, like I think. Um, Definitely living in an unbelievable generation of hurlers, but uh, yeah, I think if I was to take if I was to take someone, I think just Patrick Horgan is just his hands and uh, everything are just phenomenal and uh, just does plays the game at ease. And just finally, um, like to get all stars and Ender Oland and Jack Kelly and some of your players last year, does that breathe a lot of confidence into the squad? Like, yeah, hundred percent. Like you know, you're you're really you know you're playing with guys who are top top quality like the, I'm lucky enough I get to play with Jack and at the club and you know you can see why he's an all-star nominee you know he his his work rate off the off the field is exceptional and Enda I think Enda is you know for me I wouldn't trade Enda for the world I know like you've really top class goalies at the moment you know and Murphy and Anthony Nash and Stephen O'Keefe and these guys but I just think Enda is just an unbelievable he's unbelievable and um you know I hope I really hope he doesn't listen to this because his head is big enough as it is but uh <laughs> you know he but he, like you know you talk about setting standards within the dressing room I think Enda is a brilliant captain in that regard you know he he really sets the standards when you see what he does on and off the field um you know he's the first one at training and uh definitely you know we've I think we we've guys there who are who are really top class quality like in Paddy Purcell, Roddy Ryan Milani, I think, you know, we have a really, really good, strong team there at the moment and um, but also excellent individual talents that, uh, you know, you do need a certain degree of, but um, there's no egos in these guys either. They're, they're all for the team and, um, you know, there's a great spirit and unity in that dressing room at the moment. Yeah, thanks a million for your time, Mary Kevin, and best of luck for season end.